You're listening to the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk Podcast. 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 Neil Saint. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yes, sir. This is uh, Sean Hart. I'm here with Bobby V. We're on the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk Podcast. Yeah, welcome. Hey, pleased to be here. It's the Saint. We're here to talk to you about uh, Retro Popic Radio. Yeah, well, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great to see you guys. All right. You know, virtually. Yeah, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, people are tired of hearing about us. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, yeah long story. I mean, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a Brit, obviously. Got the accent, but um, moved over. I suppose the, the long and the short of it in terms of this sort of thing is that I moved over to, to Oz, really, and get, got involved with uh, broadcasting on 2RRR. But, you know, I always love music, you know. I'm um, a younger sibling, and I had three totally much, much older uh, brothers and sisters. I, I guess I heard music, <clears throat> you know, when I was a fetus in my mother's belly, you know, because there was so much going on and there was so much older than me. So it was always there. So basically, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I trained as a teacher and I thought, hold on a minute, I need a, I need a hobby here. So I went through the two triple R training course and got a, got a show. I looked at the schedule and I thought, hold on a minute, there's no retro pop. So I thought, well, that, that might be an area for me to get, to get a program in. So that's what happened. And then, um, you know, as, as, you, as you'll know, you, you sometimes get these um, interview opportunities, I suppose you might say, fed through to the station, the station manager. And uh, my first interview was Steve Hackett, to be honest with you. And I love Genesis, but I only what? like the non-Phil Collins Genesis, if you know what I mean. Well, so, of course. Yeah, of course. Let's not be too... Uh, Poor Phil. I'm starting yeah. to like this guy. He's a nice guy. <laughs> I, I've, I had to chat with Steve Hackett about him. He sounds a nice guy. They were swapping girlfriends. It sounded a bit sordid, but, you know, in the early days, you know. Right. Yeah. He's got I, a back, I heard that, backstory. Uh, I heard that Phil Collins was sort of into the bondage thing. Yeah, well, there you that. go. Uh, absolutely. You know, there's a backstory. I already has a whole dungeon in his house. Well, that's probably so why he's, he feels he's, the way. he's lost yeah. his hair, you know, but... Um, Mm. Right. Well, that doesn't matter in bondage, right? No. I mean, you, you don't need hair. hair. <laughs> just bond, just bond, you know, like glue. Um, so, yeah, it came from that and, and lots of interviews later. Um, this is like literally the other one. I, I did a podcast last night. I was working till two in the morning. You know, that's why I'm a bit high with coffee. Um, you know, was uh, my 500. Wait, wait, wait. Let, yeah. me, let me walk this back a little bit. Yeah, go. Um, did you do an interview with Brian Eno? I've, you know, I've, I've got lots of people. Um, lots of people that I liaise with have, uh, you know, literally made music with absolutely stunningly uh, high-level artists. And um, one of them was Martin BC, who owns BC Studios. Hi, Martin. Oh, yeah. How are you doing? Um, and he... That's what I read a, about. Uh, that's what I read about. He had an incredible yeah. relationship with Brian Eno. I mean, you know, this guy, um, Bill Laswell, I don't know if you know material, but basically... Oh, of uh, course. He, um, yeah, of course. Yeah, there you go. He uh, stumbled, literally stumbled across Brian Eno down the street, you know, which is kind of bizarre. And he's, you know, Mr. Networker, Bill, Bill Laswell. And uh, one thing led to another. And Eno discovered that Bill was obviously a great musician in the, in the making. And um, what he was talking to him about, I think, is that he needed some sort of space, some sort of studio space to experiment, to do Ambient 4. What, what turned into be Ambient 4, his solo album? Ambient 4, right, yeah. I, I know I'm familiar with the story. Um, yes. But, yeah, just getting on to the end of it, it uh, Martin was a young, young lad, a young stri stripling. He was starting out in music, and he was helping with uh, happening bands in CBGBs and doing sound engineering, the soundboard there and stuff. And uh, he was a mate of Bill. It was, it was like sort of a commune together, really, almost. And, and the, the next thing, because his dad died, so he needs somewhere to stay. So they got hold of, effectively, they got hold of BC Studios as a place to, to hang. And it became the studio that it is today, which is an amazing studio. Because you're talking about the production of Sonic Youth albums, you know, early Sonic Youth albums there. But the bottom line is Eno, right? Eno funded... <laughs> The soundboard and all the technical stuff that, that, that went on in that, that studio. And, 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 of course, what happened as well is that he worked with Martin on Ambient 4. And, and there's this great, you know, I'm selling my podcast here, but there's a, a great so anecdote. Ambient 4, uh, Ambient 4 with Roger Eno and Brian Eno. Yeah, but, but the, the thing Apollo, about it, right? he, Apollo. he actually saw Eno lose his shit, you know, which is pretty cool. <laughs> 
Eno lost his shit. He, he threw a chair in his direction um, because he was getting so pissed wow. off with Martin being so incompetent, I believe. So that's the story of Eno. Time. Okay. But there are others, you know, there are others. Well, I, mm. That's a great one. Martin is, yes, I read an article about him in like Recording Magazine or something back in the 90s. And now that you mentioned it, I totally remember who you're talking about. Yeah, well, the thing about Martin Incredible. is his story is absolutely phenomenal, and I, I you'll, I don't, I, I, it's cheesy selling uh, your podcast, but I will, I will, why not? Um, Dude, the, we're here to shamelessly self-promote. Exactly, Go yeah. for it. we're exposing ourselves <laughs> on the air, um, but um, ooh. ooh, not too much. Um, but you know, all the story of, of Martin's on my uh, Facebook uh, personal page, and also the Retropopic Radio community page. Um, and it's literally a humdinger of a story. I mean, you're talking about Joey Ramone. You're talking about Iggy. Iggy, the, the Iggy anecdote. I mean, it's far out. It really come is Come on, far people. Out. Iggy, come on, people. Yeah, you've got you to gotta know come about on. Iggy. Come on. <laughs> Iggy's the man. He's such come a on, gentleman. People. I'll tell you something about Iggy Pop. Mm. <laughs> My uh, co-host here, Mr. Sean, the Diabolical One Heart, mm. he saw five foot one in the video and it scared him to death. Really? Yeah, when I was like, I, when I was like twelve. <laughs> really? Listen, check this out. So I was like twelve years old. I saw the video for Five Foot One, and you couldn't get to see and it the next I think night. It's on New Values. Mm. Yeah, it's on like New Values, I think. Right. Right. That, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of weird because I mean, just to come back to the Martin thing, he produced Iggy's vocals, and again, there's a great anecdote about that. But it, it was on the album Instinct, and. Some dude came up on the, you know, comment, comment thing, you know, when I put the podcast out there saying, yeah, they were crap. They sucked those vocals. <laughs> That's not fair. Come on. Dude, it, they weren't that bad. Has he heard Funhouse yet? I mean, yeah, of course it's crap. Dude, well, yeah. of course, but there's, there's, a, there's actually, with you guys, I think there's a song called Cold Metal on that album, On Instinct, and it's a really good song. I think it's the yeah. first track, I believe. I might be wrong, but um, it's, in my view, probably the best song on that album, and it's very good. You might want to slot it in here. Maybe. You never know. So speaking of Brian Eno, Neil, tell me, what's your favorite album that Brian Eno did with David Bowie? you have a favorite album of that, that time? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I suppose so. But, but it's a whole body of work, isn't it, man? I mean, um, I think Low is yeah. probably yeah. the one um, because it's, you know, you have to put it in context. I'm a bit of a historian, you see. And I think for the time it was pretty right. groundbreaking because you had those instrumentals on the, on, the, on the B-side and that was pretty bold. I love bold, don't you? Dude, it's still, it's still freaking groundbreaking. It, isn't on. it? You know? I mean, um, really. But the thing is, we've had a discussion about Bowie and he was not so much an innovator because a lot of people say, oh, he was an innovator. Bollocks. Bollocks, was he? He was a great magpie. You know, seriously, he chose yes. collaborators yeah. and he picked and chose. I mean, he was the most like me and you. We're really great at networkers. But, you know, you're talking about stratospheric, stratospheric networker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Niall Rogers. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, working on getting him. But, you know, you never like know. Like Tony Visconti. But then he also yeah. came back and did the outside album, too, with him. The outside yeah. record was great. Too. Yeah. Yeah. The outside record was great. Yeah. Yeah. was great. Black Star was really amazingly good, considering. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I can't, I, I still can't. I don't have words for Black Star yet. I'm still. Uh, yeah, to, it's it's like I'm it's it's like it is it out. Isn't it in its own universe? It's like it's almost like sent from God as that last gift, isn't it? Yeah, right, right. It blew my mind it when did I first me. heard it, and then two days later, he was dead. Well, well, then also, I was scared of it. Yeah, there's five. that, but it, it takes a little while of getting used to that album. You know, it's it's heavy stuff, man. And the drums are mixed so hot. Yeah. You know, and it was like, I, when I listened to it, I was like, wow, this is the future of music. You know, I listened to it and then he's dead two days later. I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like sort world. of doing a PhD on Bowie, that last album. And what a fantastic thing to leave us with. Wow. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, mind boggling. The yeah. twists and turns in there and yeah, the music changes and does things that you don't expect. And you're like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's really, really forward thinking. I'm, I'm glad he went out with that instead of Blue Jean. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, 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 tonight wasn't a hot <laughs> album, was it? <laughs> I didn't even like Let's Dance, yeah. to be honest. I, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart from it just because, you know, there was a lot, I was a young kid and yeah, there was a lot of like making out in the backseat of a car listening to that. So, you know, there's those things, but. And you preferred Iggy Pop's China Girl, didn't you? Oh yeah, I love Iggy. <laughs> well, I, I, I really like. Okay. I really like Modern Love. I, I, I know it's cheesy, but I like that, you know, start. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know? But it, it does now come back as sounding cheesy compared to Roger. Well, of course. Or, you know what I mean? Or compared it's, it's, it's to it's Barry doing Yeah, but it, what do you mean now? 
when he met now Rogers, he says, "Listen, I'm gonna want you to do what do what you do." He's like, "What do I do? You create hits. He did a hit album, and he yeah. got one. That's he got it. a monster album out Actually, of it. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's so like Bowie. It's, it's <laughs> like <laughs> Bowie doing um, a wimpy kid having the cheese touch. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but you know, hit albums are hit albums. To me, it wasn't that much different than uh, Young Americans. No. I mean, in that way, you know what I mean? It was like a yeah, he set out with the a little bit of blues. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and they just nailed it. So yeah, but yeah, perfect. okay. So you say low, I say Roger. Personally. Now Roger's, Roger's very angular. It's, it's it's an interesting choice because that that's that's uh, I can see straight away this guy is not that overly bothered about commercial albums um i mean it's really quite a varied album i don't think he even set out to be particularly commercial there do you i mean it's there's so many different yeah. so so many different genres in there aren't there right and then you got adrian blue thrown in the mix amazing and th- this is about um, boys keep swinging where they all played uh, instruments they weren't yeah. comfortable with playing isn't that cool yeah yeah you know, and then, and then uh, look back in anger, where Eno just literally points at a, a, a key on the chalkboard, and then that's the key they go to. Yeah, because um, crazy. We we spoke about the oblique strategies actually, me and Martin, um, and apparently Eno actually has a card deck. You know, you know about the oblique strategies. You, you know that? Yeah, the oblique strategies. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to yeah. tell the listeners just in case? I mean, I don't know. They probably know already. Well, you know, what is the oblique yeah, strategies, so the oblique- Sean? What is the yeah, what strategy? are they? Let's take it from an Englishman. Yes. Let's hear it from an Englishman. It sounds <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It sounds as though it should be the other way around. You should People be don't say you. oblique in America very often. Yeah. There you go. And that's as much as we can say about it. But no, it's basically, folks, it's a bunch of cards and, and uh, instructions about doing really odd things whilst you're playing. But there was another guy that Giza um, Martin told me about that, that had a kind of different strategy. There was somebody else that, that didn't just have bleak strategies. They had something really uh, different, you know. And it's great, isn't it? When people kind of go in and they just don't give a shit about what they're going to do. They just take the, the moment and just um, see where it takes them. I think and, that's and pretty you know, good. I want to interject here real quick because I think that is what is happening today in the bedroom studio. Mm-hmm. Because back then, if you had the budget to be able to afford to go in there and make scary monsters or whatever the hell you want, yeah, more power to you. A lot of people out there are making experimental and weird music, come out on obscure labels like the band Suicide we were talking about on the CBGB show. Yep. Maybe bands that never really made it. But now you got people that can record with the, the technology is so far advanced. You can pretty much do anything in your mother's basement. And yeah, all quite, kinds I mean, of weird I, stuff's coming out, and we should be happy. I, I, I like where you're heading there, and I think you can do that. But part of me thinks I've got these networks, and you're developing them, I hope, as well, with, with all the concepts you've got. And I think someone like Martin Bisi, for instance, I mean, he's been doing that for, for years and years. And, okay, he's not been doing it necessarily with his PC. He's been doing it in the studio. But I kind of think, hey, guys, you doing those things out there is really cool, but use Martin as a sounding board. Use, Martin, use these people as well, sounding boards. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, I'll give you a great example of that, and that's Lord. Yeah. I thought, I thought Lord was brilliant. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen to her in the future, but those two freaking old dudes back there playing the keyboards and her singing with the long black nails when she came on TV in America, I was blown away. Yeah, because it's Grammys. unique. Yeah. It was totally cool. I was blown away by that, and that is literally like a bedroom freaking record. Well, I think you could say that you know say, I mean? say with the Dresden Dolls as well, but they've got some sound Ooh, effects the in there, dolls. and you, you can find sound effects. You don't have to go to a studio. Sure. You could probably say that about 99% of all uh, Norwegian black metal bands, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, all of them live in their grandmother's basement. There's <laughs> one guy, dude, now, atmospheric guys. metal. You don't even need to be competent in music. I mean, you can just get loads of samples and... You know, just listen to them and, and think what fits and what doesn't, and, and then just make something without even playing anything at all. You know what I'm saying? Sure, but let's not let's not let's not fall short of the fact that someone like Robert Fripp is great for what he doesn't play. Yeah, and he only knows that because he can play it if he feels like it. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. The man's a genius. And all the as we so say, that, all the collaborations with Bowie. I mean, he, they were very well chosen, weren't they? My God. Oh man. Hmm. Well, that's really cool. Listen. Um. You know, we do a metal show. Yeah. You do a pop show. And we we just wanted to ask you a, cu- a couple zingers here. Yeah, cool. Oh, let's, no, let's talk about one of the, he's, he's a Brit. 
Let's talk about a British metal band. Okay. okay. Let's talk about two British metal bands. We will. Who would you? Who do you prefer? Face off. Iron Maiden or Judas Priest? Oh God, really? No, no, no. That's a that's a really interesting question. And you always know when somebody says that's a really interesting question, they're thinking carefully of the answer because they haven't pl- planned it. <laughs> um, but it, but it seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that. Um, but seriously. Um, there's not much between them in many ways, although they're very different, you know, because um, my favorite probably would be Judith Priest because I love Take On The World. And I remember that as a single. And I thought, you know, this is, this is partly spoken. It's kind of a bit anthemic, but it's not what I call truly metal. You know, I quite like stuff like that. That's, that's, you know, out the box left field, you know, you know, Take On The Mm -hmm. World, don't you? You could almost say that yeah. you could almost say that Judas Priest was more of a pop band. Than well, there you go. Maybe that's the reason why. But you know, I met Maiden. I mean, um, Number of the Beast was a very sort of let's get some hits, guys. Album, wasn't it? Right, I guess so. And they're still pretty vicious touring around in their airplane. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, there you they, go. They play every country in the world. Man. Well, yeah, that's really. Yeah, Number of the Beast was the monster album for Maiden. Yeah. That's really groundbreaking, isn't it? But no, Running Free, I, I think that was a great song because it had that kind of Running punky. Free, yeah. And like we, we always say, Paul Diano, Paul yeah, Diano, yeah. yeah, Early Maiden was more punk. I like Early Maiden, probably because I love punk. That's my genre because, yeah, okay, fair, fair dues, guys. <laughs> I've, got this, I've got this retro pop brand, but punk is my, is my genre. There's no doubt about it. Nice work. Okay, well, so do you think, we did uh, three weeks of CBGB, a tribute to CBGB, we did three shows, probably do 20, 30, 50 more, whatever we're going to do. Yeah. But we're talking about, you know, the Sex Pistols and what happened in the U.S. during that time, mm. and then Malcolm McLaren with the New York Dolls, and the, the Johnny Thunders here in the U.S. Yeah. Do you, do you think, word is that he stole from Johnny Thunders and, and Richard Hell and all these guys to look for the Sex Pistols? But Johnny Rodden says, no, they don't. Well, I'll tell you the story. I mean, as far as I understand it, it it is the definitive story. I mean, I had a chat with Rat Scabies, you know, Chris Miller. His real name's Chris Miller. Rat Scabies. Scabies. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you the story. I mean, basically, this is what he tells me. You know, this is what he tells me, Rat, you know, a mate. Um, They were basically outside as a bunch of them in London. They were were in this uh, pub, I believe, in Portobello, and... Nobody was talking about punk being a genre. In fact, I, I said to him, I said, um, w- were you aware there was this new punk genre? And he, he got kind of angry. He said, no, of course, we, we knew there was something going on, but we, we weren't sort of categorizing it that way. But what happened was this, as far as I understand it. This is a true story. I mean, true in the sense that Chris Miller, a.k.a. Rat Scabies, told me it. They used to go to the local... Um, news agents and look for punk magazine you know legs mcneil et al um the first edition folks was um january 1976 so what happened is that each edition they they bought at uh, one time that he told me they saw richard hell with the with the ripped t-shirt on the cover so there's absolutely okay. no doubt what happened from what he was telling me is that they were inspired by the look to create a particular music right so for them, it was much more the music. It wasn't the fashion. I think it was really, you're talking Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren there and, and the sex shop on King's Road and all that. That's a, that's a section of punk, you know, but that's not where it's at, man. We're looking at the music. So what happened, right, is that they created music based on that look. And then what happened is the dam actually toured, as you know, the CBGBs and played there. And they were blown away that these American bands didn't play anything like that style of music. And... What they were telling me is they went to the CBGBs really early on, and it was more like a Warholian experience. Everybody was sitting having chicken in a basket, and there was no atmosphere or noise. There was no gobbing. You know, there was no swearing. Absolutely, it blew them away. It was just so different. So straight away, I would personally say, punk comes from the UK. Sorry, guys. But in terms of the music, in any case, the name comes from the US. The music, as far as I'm concerned, the aggression... The anti, what I call dissing mentality of punk, which is so important, comes from the fucking UK, man. Sorry, bit of a hey, rant. Listen, uh, we had a technical problem here, and we stopped recording. You're joking. It sucked because it was excellent. <laughs> it sucks because we're loving this. Oh man, okay, got you. I swore as well, which is kind of cool. Ish. Okay, pause for a minute. Yeah. 
Jeepers. Here we are now. We go back. I, I can go back to the beginning. Of the I think question. my mouse hit the wrong button. Oh. What? What? You, you, you? I don't know what's going on. Are you, are you seriously saying, "Oh goodness, I was blown away by that"? Is that what you're? Is that what you're reacting? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think you're great. We Thank have you. to. We have to start over. Oh really? Why? We have to start over. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we but do. You, you got that anyway. bit there, did you? you? No, but we're going to get it right now. Oh God. Yeah, but he's reforming it. I know. <laughs> it I'm sorry. Oh, I, that, that's I, okay. I, I don't know why. <laughs> right. So what happened is you lost a bit of the recording, did you? Yeah, I did. So we're going to start over. Well, I've, I'm recording it as well, so I can send you my recording on. Hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah, I've got everything ready. You know what I'm saying? Well, we didn't okay. know that. We would have kept on going. We had it going, but then it, all of a sudden it stopped. Okay, so I'm going to start it again. Ready? Well, you that's don't need to because I can send you my MP3 on of the recording. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll yeah, pick no, it up no, from whatever. I'll do it again. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure who edited out and who edited in his. I'm sure he'll do that. Okay. Yeah. So we'll pick it up from the Rick Scaby story. Let's hear the. No. Let's hear the Rick Scaby story. Here okay, we go so, again. Oh my god. Yeah, this, um, no, no, no. He said no. He said. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Punk pick it up from there. Fucking from Britain. He says punks from England. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a weird concept for you, Yanks, isn't no, it? Let's do it. Well, maybe he's biased because he's English. No, no, no. Let's maybe. Let's uh, no, honestly, I, I, I love punk. You know, it's a kind of like that is my area. So I will not be pushed. This away might be from a reason it. why we go back to war with England. You know that? Yeah, it is Over a bit punk? like that, isn't yeah. it? Well, you you helped us out. If it wasn't for you guys, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have Donald Trump. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no. I couldn't resist that one. You thought I was going to say, if it wasn't for you guys, we would have won the, won the war. But I, yeah, I twist away from that one. No way was I going there. You gave us Donald fucking Trump, man. Never been a better day to be Canadian. Yes, right. Sorry Canadian, we say, we'll stay neutral. We'll move to Canada. Anyway. Well, you're in Australia, right? Yeah, I'm in Australia, in Sydney. You're in Australia, but, you know, definitely okay. Britain, Australia, you know. So... Let Are you an expat? Are you an expat? I don't know what that means. It, does it mean you expat something? An expatriate. means you oh, leave yeah, your home no. country well, and go you somewhere know, else. I'm an Aussie as well, you know. Got Aussie citizenship. Right. So, I mean, if, if we were to move to Mexico for legal reasons, yeah, go I'm not going to mention them, you, you would be considered an expat. Well, there you go. Yeah, you American would, living yeah. in Mexico. Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose I, I could, I could okay. be, but I don't think I am officially because I'm a citizen of Australia now, so I'm dual... Dual citizen, oh, you know, that's official, officially, no. you know. I'm a dual citizen, too, of Canada. Yeah, of do you know what I mean? Canada, you know what I mean? Canada yeah. and Canada. Well, you get that. In right, any so case, you're you, if you're born in the U.S., you're a dual citizen of Canada. You're pretty much the same countries. Yeah. So let's get back to this. <laughs> so, Neil, yeah. you're saying that punk is from the U.K. Well, look, what what the distinction uh, I'm making UK? is... Yeah, go on. You want me to go with that? Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to make a distinction because the actual name, there's no doubt about it if you look at the history of it, is American. Um, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And, and I'm not suggesting for one minute that people weren't inspired by what was going on at CBGB's and Max's Kansas City. I'm not, I'm not suggesting for one moment they weren't. And the Ramones, the, the thing is, the Ramones are not punk in my view. The Ramones are the Ramones. I mean, fuck me. I mean, they've got their own sound. But, you know, if, if you want, band, right? I would yeah. say that UK punk, punk certainly, I mean, it, it has a lot of influences. And, and one of them is the Ramones, without a doubt. But also you've got New York Dolls and all, all, the, all the Detroit bands, you know, so on and so forth. But, and MC5, yeah. Yeah, MC5, Iggy, obviously, um, it goes on. And BM, where do you stop? But, but I think the music, yeah. the punk music is British. I really would... Uh, you know, argue very, very strongly with it. And, and I think because it was such a unique music and the bottom line is all those influences are in there. You're talking about unemployment in the UK. It was grimy. It was, it was horrible there. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was very mainstream based, the, the music industry, and people were getting pig sick of it. 76 was the year. I mean, if you look back 75, there's some great music going on. But the bottom line is it was, like it was, there, was a, there was a plague. There was a plague of commerciality, I would say, about 76, you know. I mean, you've got pub rock going sure. on in the early 70s. And, you know, people were playing live. But that's all a, a bit of a fallacy. They say, oh, it started with punk rock, a pub, rock, pub rock, sorry, in the, in the pubs. But that was going on before in the 60s. So I think that's a bit of a fallacy myself. But the bottom line is the anger was from the pistols there's no doubt about it it's anger it's an angry music and as i say it's a dissing culture sure. as well if you look at all the all the lyrics it's dissing it's nihilistic everything is basically smashing the system and changing it 
There's no fucking U- US bands doing that. You must be joking. They get confused. It's too highfalutin for them. All of that was coming from the UK. And, and with, with respect to you guys, it was 77 all the way through. And then 78, you got this new wave phenomena with the skinny ties coming in where the record companies are trying to sell sure. the brand, you know. So I think 77 sure. Sure, UK sure. punk um, is punk. There's no other punk. Green Day? Who the fuck mm. are Green Day? Seriously. Oh, no, no, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. diss Green Day, but they are not punk. I am. We do it all the time. <laughs> They're not punk. Green Day is not a punk band. They're no. not a punk band. They're people. Just, band. They're as much of a punk band as Blink-182. Yeah, you know, they've got their own thing going as well. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, bands that have their own thing going, yeah, that's great, man. But let's not, let's not class them as punk. Come on. That's going too far, man. Yeah. Let's not get that mixed up. Yeah, that, that, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm but then, punk's but it, my thing. Yeah, and I'll throw, an, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw another, I'll throw another bone to the to England. Yeah, the Damned and the Buzzcocks. Yeah, well, the, the, first I mean, of all, they're not the Buzzcocks. They're Buzzcocks. I've got to correct you on that. That's kind of weird. But John, yeah, Ma- right, right. John Marr, the drummer, told me that he said there's no definitive article. It's Buzzcocks, and I don't know. Do you know the oh, story okay, of how right, they got right. the the name? I have no idea. Well, it's a bit bit of a weird one. Apparently, they were. Uh, rushing around trying to go to the Pistols gig in High Wycombe and they stopped at this motorway service station looking at the listings magazine um, called uh, What's, What's On, I think it was called. And basically they were reading this review because there there's a program on music uh, out called Rock's, Rock Follies and um, it was quite groundbreaking, dare I say it, because there was some women, there was, it's like a women's rock group. And um, it was basically a sentence that said, you've got to listen to the buzz comma cock now cock is 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 slang for for mate it's a cockney word that that's you that's used that means mate so it was literally buzz comma cock and and he put it together and that was that was that so a bit weird but you know there's only one buzz cocks and i guess after i guess after that you get the orgasm addict yeah you do and and you've got got the, the iron for a head on the cover as well which is kind of weird Love it. I think their big Sex Pistols question is: It did actually kill Nancy? Is that really the question? Wow, I don't no, think that's, cares. that's a that really weird one. Because um, at the moment, I'm in the in the process of writing a, a story of UK punk, and uh, at the moment, um, Teddy Darling, uh, who's owner of New Haven, is is backing me with it. And um, between you, me, and the Gatepost, she was a girlfriend of Sid Sid Vicious. Um, so um, certainly, it's maybe worth having a look at her book. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange because with respect to Teddy, I mean, I think she's wanting me to try and um, put the story of John Ritchie, which is his real name, Sid Vicious, into that, into the book that I'm going to be writing. And uh, my, my, my view of him is totally different than what's accepted in the sense, because to me, he was just an uber fan, you know, I mean, it was John Lydon, John Ritchie, who's Sid Vicious, and also... Um, what, who became Yar Wobble? Uh, he was another John. Um, I think he had um, an Eastern European surname, Yar Wobble, who went on to play with Public Image Limited. With Ken. Uh, yeah, Ken. probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty certain you're right on that one because I think he did all all sorts of collaborations later on. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, crowd, I'm a crowd rock yeah, expert. There you but go. That's a different, yeah, that's a different right. interview. Because yeah. it's like that sort of music, <laughs> Summer Pill, isn't it? In any case. Um, but you know, yeah, they, well, they, yeah, you play with uh, Holgar, Holgar Tsuke. So yeah, yeah no, no, right. no, power to your album, man. You're you're on your facts there. Um, but basically, the three of them were really good mates. They were called the Three Johns. And my understanding is that oh, I've got to be careful. John Lydon's quite a tricky character. Let's put it that way. I think the yeah, best weirdo. Way, yeah, he's his own person. There you go. <laughs> um, but this business about Sid Vicious, it wasn't even true that he named him Sid Vicious. Um, because of having a gerbil that was apparently called Sid that wasn't vicious or something like it was a kind of ironic name. So, so you have to be really careful about what's true and what's what's myth. Um, my understanding is, yeah, Nancy was toxic. <laughs> That's the best way of putting it. And um, you know, it's it's difficult. I, I get the sense it's not necessarily cut and dry that he killed her. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it was all very much high on drugs type thing. Um, but the, right. the the impression I get about John, I, I want to call him John because I, I want to kind of respect him for who he really was because this legend is absolutely rubbish. Um, I don't think he was 
um, sensible, kind of, kind of like with the direction he went in. I think he was easily led, but I get the sense he was a—he was actually quite a nice guy and just an uber fan. So he's almost at the level of wouldn't hurt a fly. Do you know what I mean? So you know, who oh. knows what happens when you're high on presumably heroin? Mind you, heroin's yeah. heroin knocks you out more, so it, it doesn't sort of propel you into doing crazy things. It kind of, from my understanding, not that I've ever taken it, guys, um, it completely deadens you, so that doesn't fit with anyone grabbing a knife and sure, stabbing right. their I never thought about it that way. In, in the stomach, does it? Right. You know? um, so, yeah, no, it's a good question, actually, as, you, as, as, as it happens. Cause, um, I think it did it mainly because of, of his reputation, I think, yeah, that's being it. in the sex business and who he was. I think so. The way he looked. So you you're know. saying he got a bad rap? He, he got a bad, a bad rap, rap, I think. But, but I don't I think, think he did it at all. I don't think he did it at all. Well, that, I'm not <laughs> sure about it. But what I'm saying is, it was created definitely. Yeah, we, you know, we weren't there, but you know, this yeah, we vicious there, image we'll was, was created, and it was almost like a joke because he wasn't like that. Um, I don't think he yeah. was in control of what was going on around him, should we say? But um, you know, he was a he was a massive fan. I mean, I think it's true to say he invented the pogo. Um, and I think he certainly did change somebody. Um, wh- whether, you know, he had a temper under the influence of alcohol, as often all of us do, that's another issue entirely. Sure. But I think he was, a, you know, he's been, mis- he's been misrepresented, man. You know, he hasn't got the correct image at all, from my understanding. I think- and he never really uh, played bass at all. Well, that's so an much. interesting one. Because- no, there's something behind him playing bass. Well, you know, that's an interesting right. one because I, I think that he had some help with, with learning. And um, I was talking to Gareth Ashton the other day. He's written um, uh, Manchester It Never Rains. It's a really good book worth checking out about the nascent Manchester punk scene. Uh, it's a really interesting book. And what he was telling me from what he knew is that he actually did have some capacity to play bass. He actually did practice it very seriously. But then, you, you know, maybe the Nancy effect again... He got sort of like waylaid and distracted. So again, um, it's something of a myth. And, and when you look at him in the video, I mean, he does look a bit spaced out of his head sometimes, but often when he's playing, he looks to be really concentrating. Of course, he's not a natural. But yeah, I feel I feel sorry for Glenn, obviously. Glenn Matlock was the songwriter of the Pistols. What the hell was going on there, get them getting rid of him? As far as I'm concerned, that was when the Pistols ended. Sure. That's well, they have idea. the image to do too. They had a certain image. Yeah, he fit, he fit the image, and then came Bow Wow Wow. Well, yeah, oh, the no. English thing was yeah, <laughs> Bow Wow Wow. I mean, it was it doesn't look Bow Wow Wow, man. Yeah, I mean the thing is Bow Wow Wow. Yeah, that's all cool and all that, but that's image as well. I mean, it's a young what fourteen year old kid. All I mean, image, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was right. all image, and and that was my problem because I really love '78. I love '78 music. That's my favorite year in music because there's such a broad sure. church of music in the UK charts because I always go UK because I'm a Brit. You've got Kate Bush coming through Wait, and stuff like that. Let's not forget Kate Bush. P-I-L. Well, Who doesn't love the flowers of romance? Come well, on. All that, I mean, flowers it's, of romance. it's fantastic. I mean, it's probably, in, <laughs> in a sense, as you mentioned, can. It's kind of bringing can to the floor, uh, to the fore a bit, isn't it, pill music with metal box yeah. and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's got a little kraut rock thing yeah. going on. But it was a great time, 78. Yeah. And, and, but you're absolutely right. The image sort of overshadowed things. It was very much like that, unfortunately, because when I talked to Dennis Monday, who used to work for Polydor and used to be responsible for the jam, he was saying it was ever so difficult, Neil, because the, the people that I was talking to just didn't, didn't understand punk at all. And it's like a can of beans. They're trying well, to... I, I, never, I never called the jam. The jam's not a punk band. Yeah, exactly. I, don't I, don't, I, to- I couldn't agree with you more. I mean... Down in the Tube Station is one of my favourite records of all time, and it's got kind of punk mentality. But all mod cons, is, there's right. no way that's a punk record. They had their own sound, didn't record. they? It's more, it's, more, it's more an offshoot of The Who. Yeah, I think so. But you know they, I mean? just, they just had their own thing going again, like Green Day. You can't call Green Day punk. The Jam, Green Day, they've got their own sound, and big them up. You know, that's what Who doesn't love Town Called Nellis? Who doesn't love Town Called Nellis? Come well, on, people. I, I, it's one of my favourites, to be honest. I don't really like it. I think it's a bit cheesy. I don't like the the, the fact they, um, you know, because there's a film called Town, Town... Wait a minute, you're telling me you're not a haircut, you're not a haircut 100 fan? Oh, I, yeah, uh, oh you, you're joking now, aren't you? You are joking, aren't you? No, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, you are joking. Um, you are joking. Um, yeah, I'm joking. Town Called Malice, nah, not, not my cup of tea, really. 
Oh, it, is, it was, it was okay. well used in Billy Elliot, the film. There you go. I'll give it that. I don't mind the song. I love the jam. I love anything Do they you? did. I have really? no problem with them whatsoever. I thought it was yeah. supposed to be a metal Jam was a great band. Yeah, okay. The jam is a quintessential British band. Yeah, I, I mean, think... come on. That is the sound though. of Brits. That's a Brit sound, man. Neil, I'll tell you right now, I always got to put him in check. The jam is absolutely a British band of all time. Do I need to put you in check again? A lot of people, it's funny you used to say that, a lot of people like it, like that music now after the event. But you guys, why why wasn't it sort of like popular at the time? Because you guys didn't embrace the jam at all when they were out in actually functioning as a band. What was going on there, No, but we love, we love, we we did love Phil Collins. Let me me tell you what it was at the the time. It's got nothing to do with Phil Collins. (laughs) Gone. It was <laughs> it was the Fun Boy Three, the Jam and Haircut One Hundred were the big bands back then. Nineteen eighty. What are you talking about? Right? Where? Newman. On Mars? In England. In England? <laughs> oh no, they weren't big bands. I mean, they were hit. What about the Fun Boy Three? <laughs> well, they, they had Boy hit 3. singles for sure. If if you're talking a cheesy hit singles yeah, mainstream, yeah. Well, they had hit singles. They weren't the biggest band. I think, quite frankly, you guys like that that band as well. The fucking Police were the biggest band then. Fuck, m- fuck me, guys. Why did you make them a ever. big band? I mean, they were the only guys that toured the US the and became big in the US. I love the Fun Boy Three. They're both great. What about yeah, the Police? No, police okay, well, bigger. the Police. Police. What you know? Police were huge. What, I, I mean, know. you know. Seriously, are you allowed to like non-metal punk bands, or is it part of the contract? Oh yeah, man. Oh right. Well, you know, this is our this is this is our talk show. Okay. And we just talk about we talk to industry insiders about whatever it is they're yeah, doing. We yeah, also cool. did two weeks of David Bowie, a tribute to Bowie. Yeah, we, we did, we did Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. yeah, similar. So, yeah, similar yeah. is what I do then, really. But yeah, yeah I mean, Bowie you know, transcends everything. I think. I'm not. I'm not knocking the police, but having said that, I've had a lot of reports about people thinking Sting's a bit of a wanker. Um, but I'm not yeah. sure because because I I don't know. I mean, I've read his biography and he seemed a really nice bloke, but. Yeah, it's sort of weird, really. It's almost like a, ooh, the police, you know, a little bit like that. Because Henry, Henry Padovani I've spoken to, and he was their first guitarist. He's a great guy. French guy. Police are awesome. Yeah. In some ways. Yes, <laughs> After right. Reggae Blanc, I don't know. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know either. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I don't know it's the it, maybe it's the image I don't know. There's three blonde dudes, you know, because it's all dyed hair. It's all kind of like the, pro- the problem is is that the thing's head is so big that he can't fit into the building. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think so. Starts to show through. It's it's like that. I saw him on yeah. some doco recently. It's like I've got it all sussed. You know, it's like hold on a minute. We all come in and go out the same way, Sting. You're gonna die, man. You haven't got it that sussed. You're not yeah. immortal. I'd rather look if if you had a choice to have lunch with Sting or Captain Sensible, who would it be? Now that's an interesting one because he sounds batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I probably I probably postpone the lunch date. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I definitely pick Captain Sensible. Yeah, I, I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I think you know. I'm intrigued actually because the thing is, I think Chris Miller, aka Rax Gabies, is a really great guy. But you know, I get the sense that he could be tricky as well. I mean, they, they, whenever they sure. wanted to, they, they really threw a spanner in the works. Because I know somebody who toured with them. Um, you know, his group wasn't overly successful, but he was on tour with them, and they just went crazy every so often. And they were massive, as you can imagine, massive practical jokers. You know. Right, and I know their drummer uh, uh, Pinch. So, yeah. and he was there for twenty-five years. Yeah, what did he think about the? I've known Pinch for camp, many years. Camp uh, the dam. Well, I guess I guess he quit last. He he, he quit last year. So that well, says it go. all, I guess. Twenty-five years is a pretty good run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I wonder. You see, can't, I'm, I'm thinking not not no disrespect to Chris, but I've got a feeling that he was trickier than Captain Sensible. Although Cap- Captain Sensible sounds a bit back batshit crazy to me. Dave, Dave Vaney is supposed to be right. a really good guy. He's really quiet, very genuine. Um, yeah, I was going to interview him. I don't know what happened with that, but uh, I got everything prepped and ready to go. And sometimes I use publicists. And I was really looking forward to it. Right. But I, I, I don't know. I think it might have been as simple as they uh, cancelled the tour over in, in Australia or something. I can't remember. I was really looking forward to that. I would have liked to have chatted to Dave Vanian because he's a quiet bloke, you know, always more interesting but then again, he, he might have shut down a lot more because he's quiet, you know. 
So we wanted to mention some of these bands from Australia that we know and see if you know who they are. Well, I hope so. (laughs) Find out. Vexation from Melbourne. There you go. When I say hope so, I really mean it's code for no. I don't know who they are. Um, No, I mean, are you going to go through a list of um, metal bands in Australia? (laughs) Metal, Metal bands that we know. Yeah, that's the thing. I'll probably say no, never heard of them then all the time. I can only say that, <laughs> yeah, because that's it. That's, that's end of story, man. I'm I'm sorry. But all I can say is there's a, f- a few artists. I don't really particularly want to plug them. But um, William right. Crichton is, is very dark. And he, you could say, is the same neck of the woods as Nick Cave, if you like Nick Cave. I don't know if you do, though. Do you? Do you like Nick yep. Cave? Yeah, of course. Cave in the bad seat, yeah. Sure. Okay, well. In that case, um, it might be worth checking him out because I interviewed him when I got a media pass and went to Blues Fest a couple of years back. And um, I saw him. I thought, God, I want to really interview him. He looks like he's going to be the next big thing worldwide. Because you saw him on stage and he was performing with his with his wife and it looked as though he was either going to passionately make love to her or kill her. You know, there was that kind of vibe going on. And it's like, whoa, I've never seen that before on stage. So I mm. saw him after the um, the gig, because the great thing about having a media pass of a, a festival is you can wander around and, and, and there's a half-decent chance you bump into the some of the group and stuff. I managed to bump into William. He's a very, very nice bloke. And I said, I really want to interview, when I interview you when I get back to, to Sydney. And I did that. And the weird thing was, is I, I said that to him. I said, oh, I just couldn't believe what I saw. It was like you were, it, like the the atmosphere you were creating is that you, you know, part of me was thinking you're going to rape your wife on stage and part of me was thinking you were going to kill her. You know, he had that sort of ethos of a, a sort of like a, a crazy bushwhacker, a crazy Australian bushwhacker. Mm. He's got this long beard and he's, you know, straggly beard and stuff, really quite, um, and also a very deep voice when he sings. And the weird thing about it, because I thought this is going to be a great interview, because that's a great question to ask. You know, he could be the next Bowie, you know. And he, and he said, oh, I don't know. You know he got all like that on me. It was really weird. It wasn't so much, he did answer it quite well, but he was very reluctant to, to go that way, if you know what I mean. Um, he said, well, I don't know if I am really. That sort of answer It's kind of weird. And what happened is that I did the interview. I sent it on to him. I thought, wow, this is a great interview. And he said, um, I, I, I'm not so sure about some of the bits in the interview. And I thought, wow, that's really weird. I'm surprised at that. So I think um, what I'm getting at <laughs> is that music's different now, isn't it? Because you're more conscious of the effect you have in print and also, you know, obviously online and what we do. And it, it just becomes so diluted. It's a real shame, I think, because, you know, things media-wise, in any, in any case, don't really come through the cracks as much, unless it's people like us, of course. Um, you know, it's, it's just a shame, because, you know, if people are that conscious of their public image, and they're kind of like this groundbreaking artist, and they want to say, well, I'm not so sure, Neil, that sounds a bit heavy, you know, where's the world heading to, really? We want some heavy stuff, don't we? What you do is heavy, you know, yeah. some extremity out there. I'm not suggesting you, you put right. your balls on the line, but, you know. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I, I think I, I, I just, I just, as a side note, hmm. the majority of the bands that we play, yeah, could care less. Could care, care less. less. I mean, yeah. 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 So I mean, go listen to Behemoth and tell me what you think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Think, think so that, maybe that's an interview. Dying fetus. Yeah. I mean, our whole, our whole ethos is built on not giving a shit. Yeah. Bulls on I mean, the line really. type thing. Yeah. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah, these guys are like these guys are like are these Satan worshippers? Who the hell are these people? You know what I mean? It's like some of the stuff that comes out of Norway, Sweden, and Finland is like blows your mind. Well, do, I mean, do you think right, well, that yeah, they're no, trying? No boundaries. Yeah, for sure. Do you think they're trying to get a certain audience, or are you telling me they're just doing their own thing? I mean, how how does it how does it work with them then? Well, yeah. Well, let's just say first of all, they're Vikings. They're Vikings. Well, they are. Well, let's just they? throw that out there. No, you know, that's the that's Norwegian? how they go. Yeah, yeah but people. Black metal in Norway is not based upon satanic. It's based upon paganism. Good. It's based upon. All right, well, let's get that straight. And okay, people think it's a you know, guy running with horns in his head. Hey. Right. I mean, but you could say it's based on veganism, too. How do I know? Well, and what I just told you <laughs> is paganism. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Love it. So, I was talking to another Brit the other day. You yeah. were? Yes, I was. Okay. 
And we had this discussion. I'm going to ask Neil the same question. Okay, we're going to throw a couple singers at you. No, he, he gave me he gave me three bands. Who do you prefer? The Bauhaus, Tones on Tail, or Love and Rockets? Even though it's sent you the same band. That is, <laughs> that is one hell of a question. Ah, um, I, I'm, you know, to be honest, I love Bella Lugosi. I mean, it's probably, it might even be my favorite song of all time. Um, yeah, it's and, up there. It's definitely and up there. having an, interviewed every single one of the band, and I'm on the verge of writing a book on them. Um, that was a pretty great question to to pull out the bag. Um, it would have to be Bauhaus, because that, that song is just amazing, and how they came together is a great story. Um, and think, also the cover of Ziggy Stardust is incredible. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I mean, you know, I've mentioned the word cheesy. I mean, it is a bit cheesy, with respect uh, to For the them guys. it is, but, uh, but yeah. But you know, but he doesn't love Bella Lugosi. Oh, and Bella Lugosi's dad is, is is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. It is. It is. I'm so glad you said that. It, it, is. Is. it, it is. is up there with Mozart, etc. It's just how it came together as well. It was just so amazing. The fact that um, David Jade watched uh, black and white Bella Lugosi movies and he he rang Daniel and basically was just sort of sounding board, sounding off with him, riffing with him on the phone and. The next thing you know, he's got the he's got the lyrics, and the guys are in the studio just literally playing along. And his brother comes up with this bossa nova groove, which is so fucking good for that song. It's just unreal. And, and he tells me they're, take, they're taking me there to the moment. Each one of them, every single one of them, every single one. We're talking about Peter Murphy the lot. Every single one is taking me to that moment when they created this masterpiece. I was not worthy, honestly. I'm not joking. You listen to those podcasts. They're the best podcasts you can hear in the world. I know that. I just know that. And cool. they're taking me there to writing Bella Lugosi. There's no debate on, on the wow. question of Bella Lugosi. It, you know, that is those... I know, because, you know, the Bauhaus community think that way about them. There's no better thing to listen wow. to than, than those podcasts, because you've got literally every single one of them, you know, each one of them giving their own perspective on how that's written. And the way it was written was That's pretty phenomenal. Awesome. I like that. It's pretty phenomenal, Great. actually. So it has to be Bauhaus on that basis. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. We all agree with you, I think. And I loved Living Rock. And in answer to your question, Sean, yes, it was in the movie The Hunger. It was in The Hunger, right? Yeah, it was in there, too. You showed the video in the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. But I think also the, the fact that they were... Um, groundbreakers and and uh, they'll say so themselves and they 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 rightly say so they weren't goths because they didn't invent goth but really goth came out of what they did which i think is phenomenal because they didn't go out to invent a musical genre well, well we, you know you can't say goth without saying the damned either though you have to throw the well, damned in there. you know you've got things like that i mean yeah. you, you could say the black album was where it all started but i think it you know, it's, it's it's sort of wise after the event, isn't it? And and it's the same with punk. I mean, when did yeah. it really start? There wasn't there wasn't a sort of a contractual statement saying, this is definitely where it started. You know, it's just not like sure. that, is it? This so, wasn't like Susie and the Banshees. Weren't they more punk than they became goth, sort of? Yeah, I mean, that's a good I, one. Um, they're more... Uh, I, to be honest, I, I, sure. I, I've got to be frank about Susie. I, I mean, I'm the same. Dennis... Monday looked after them at Polydor, and he was the same as what I felt. First album, great piece of work. Great piece of work. He was disappointed with the second album, and this is his story. Because of that, he wasn't interested in them, in them anymore and didn't deal with them anymore. Um, I mean, the story is that he heard Hong Kong Garden on John, on a John Peel session and um, ran round to Chris Parry, who was the man at Polydor with Punk, who was really working alongside sure. him. He wasn't his boss. And he said, Chris, you've got to sign Susie. I've just heard Hong Kong Garden, and I know it's a hit. And that's what happened. They signed them. And there's a story, actually, in one of my podcasts where they, they on the day of signing, they celebrate in the pub. And, it, you know, Dennis is great. He's, he, you know, he takes you there to the moment, which I really like, you know, with radio. And he said he couldn't believe how serious they all were. And I can't believe that either. I would never have thought they would have been like that. They weren't celebrating at all. And Steve Severin comes up to Dennis and says, uh, what do you think about my idea with the album cover? And I thought, wow, that's so not like I would have expected Susie and Banshees. You know, I thought that was interesting. But the first album was great. And 
you know, in a way, I'm not that big a fan about Susie because I, I feel that the look she had, the first album, everything was so promising. I even liked Staircase Mystery. I thought that was a great song, even though it was only top 30 in our neck of the woods. Um, but from there on, was I, I, I kind of became quite disappointed by them. I think they were a bit sort of, you know, betwixt and between. They weren't very clear. I mean, Happy House is a good song. I'm not saying it isn't, but I know this, this, this a, a lot of people of say theme. Juju is a very good album. Wayne... Wayne Hussey's spoken to me from, you know, he's the front man of the mission and he says it's the best guitar album to hear. And I thought, Wayne's a top guy, he's such a nice guy, I'm going to buy it, <laughs> you know. It's not, it's not my favourite This is album. kind of the, the same, this is the same thing that happened to me with T-Rex. Go on. Because I love T-Rex well, and then T-Rex. when it as, it, as time, as things went on, I always, when I listen to some of the records, feel like he could have done better. Yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming that's from. That's the way that. I feel yeah, about that's, that's the way okay. I feel about Susie and the Banshees sometimes. Like I think they just could have been a little. They could have just spent a little bit more or d- given it a little bit Agreed. more. And been Agreed. The they, best they thing ever. So much that was right. The image and some of their songs and, and also Susie's very distinctive vocals. All of it was going so well, but it was very patchy in the end, in my view. I'm sorry, Susie, but you know that's just my that's, opinion. That's the way I felt about T Rex. You know what I mean? I feel like he's T-Rex like T Rex is a good example. I mean, didn't achieve what you wanted him to well, achieve. T Rex so is a really good example. I mean? Me, mean, for me, I love T Rex. I'm glad you brought them up. But they they did run out of steam. I felt because the last great song yeah. they did, which was a phenomenal song, it's my favourite song of theirs now. It used to be Get It On. It's Metal Guru, because to me. Yeah. That, to a certain extent, was where UK punk started. You've got the yell at the start for a, you know, kickoff. <laughs> That's an amazing yell, you know. And when he was performing on Top yeah. of the Pops, you're talking about eyeliner, pan, cold, you know, white makeup, um, the corkscrew yeah. hair. But not only that, you've got this really weird distance expression, and it's very punk. And it was like so shocking. I remember watching it that with my parents and I was so excited that they absolutely hated it. I mean it was really whoa, this shock factor. <laughs> and then his and then cool. his T V show. He had a series of he had like a whole T V series. Yeah. In I mean, he became a bit of a TV personality right at the end of his life. I think he was changing direction, but right. But yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm but, what but I was like a class, is, classic I, I felt, underachiever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I he almost seemed bitter later. Well, what, what I was getting at with the Metal Guru thing was was I felt it ended at that point, although, you know, he went on a bit of a... I mean, dare I say it, he did Slider. He went on a bit of a slide, but Slider was a very good album, but he, he kind of went off the, the rails. Apparently, you know, he got quite bloated and his ego sure. took things away from him, but he was on the comeback before he, he died, tragically. But but you, you got the sense it had all gone, you know. I, I think he was a bit of a one-trick pony, though. I think his sound, the T-Rex yeah, sound, one, was, one trick was, pony. you know, was, was, was done almost. I mean, 20th Century Boy, don't get me wrong, that's a great song, and that came after Metal Guru. But he was, you know, he was pretty much done with that sound, you know. I think that was a problem, really, whereas right. Bowie, Bowie had lots of different sounds, you know. Yeah, Bowie was the master of that, and he borrowed from T-Rex. Yeah, obviously. well, you know, there were mates, there were definitely mates, um, because Bowie, um, it's kind of weird to say this, but, you know, it's like, I knew somebody who had a conversation with Bowie after Mark Boland died. I mean, that's pretty far out, but it, but it's true. And he was very, very upset. And because uh, a lot of people say, well, what was the relation, relationship between them, between them? Were they rivals? No, there was a very close relationship. He was very no, upset. They're obviously friends. You can see when Bowie's on the when Bowie's on the on the the Mark Bolin show. You yeah. can see that they're friends. Yeah, definitely, they were very big friends. Um, but I just think yeah. he had a lot more going on, and he was just built as a magpie, really. I mean, he was. It's quite weird because right. I don't know if you've seen it, the YouTube, but he was um, he was a massive fan of Pretty Things. You know that group who sure. were, had longer yep. hair than even the, the Rolling Stones, and. Um, He's, he's on YouTube, right. you can quite easily find it, where he's um, arguing for um, the right to have long hair. It's so funny seeing that video. You, can almost, mm-hmm. you can't almost believe that. I did on see it. that. Yeah, you know it, don't you? I did see that, yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating. Bowie. We could talk Bowie with day, Bobby? We? I know we can, we will. We've been very Bowie-orientated, haven't we, um, in this in this recording. We're big Bowie fans. We We're big it. Bowie fans, yeah. yeah. Well, there you so, go. There's nothing wrong with that. This is a metal show. I'm going to ask you one, another question, Neil. This is a metal yeah. show. Yeah. Kind of the country you live now and the way you, where you grew up came from. 
We do a thing called AC versus DC. Yeah. Bon Scott or Brian Johnson, who do you prefer? Oh, come on. I am a major Bon Scott fan. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, he's a Brit and all that. Bon Scott, huh? But my God, Bon Scott, there's only one lead singer of ACDC. You know, it's as far as that. I love Bon Scott. I, I'm a massive fan of Bon Scott. And you've got me onto another topic because I've spoken to Murray Engelhart, who's biographer for ACDC. And um, one of the things that we were covering was how Bon died. And, and he was so respectful of that and it's another mystery um the way he died but i think you know he came to the conclusion that he he was just sort of parting a bit too much and not really looking after himself that's a great tragedy i mean he had so much um power you know he was a very skinny as as we can see on the videos very skinny man but the way he looked his expressions were amazing but he was a he was a practiced performer before acdc and he was in one of these bubblegum groups can you believe it um and he was yeah, you know, pretty pretty successful, but you know you could argue he's a Brit because he was born in Scotland. Um, yeah, that's true. You so you know it's point. it's maybe Brit versus Brit question in a way. But now nah, look, he's got a fog on, fog horn of a voice as Brian, but he, he's no Bon. Sorry, I mean you know what can you say? I mean everything Ooh. was in place um, before Back in Black. Um, almost to sure. the extent I think Bon helped with some of those songs that were were on um, Back in Black. Um, well, we know I, we yeah. know Bond's the one who found Brian Johnson in Jordy. Well, that's it. Someone at yeah. a club, right? Yeah. yeah, no, it's a good choice. I mean, it was a, it was a very safe pair of hands. I'm I'm not so sure about the flat cap though. You know what I mean? That that to me is not good. Man. <laughs> the flat cap. I you, hate the flat. I hate the flat cap. cap. That's not good, <laughs> Brian. You know, you, you lose a. I you hate lose that a, cap too. You lose a point for that man, honestly. It's not street cool. But 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 listen, but, but would you knock it off his head? Yep. 100%. I think he could. I think he'd kick my ass if I was. If well, I that's was it. But he, he, he can't hear anymore. It's like he'd lose his kryptonite, though, wouldn't he? He'd lose his power if the flat cap came off. I reckon, don't uh, you? Would he lose his kryptonite? Yeah, I think he would. I guess he would. It wouldn't take much. Probably has a bald spot up there. Well, it wouldn't take much from him. Otherwise, he'd be wearing the hat. Look, I mean, he's just. He's just got a really powerful voice, and, and, you know, I think he's probably got more power than Bon had, but it's kind of a bit one-dimensional to me. Um, I don't like listening to his voice, whereas sure. Bon I could listen okay. to well, all day. Seriously, all day and every day. Okay, so, so for those about to rock, we salute you? Nope. Highway to hell. Highway yeah, to hell. bloody hell. It's one of the best shut albums of all time. Come on, man, shut TNT. down the my Three God, I, I, could, I could speak for fucking hours on Highway to Hell. I, I had a chat with... Girls Got a Rhythm? Highway to Hell. Girls oh, Got a Rhythm. Girls Got Rhythm is such <laughs> a good song. Whole lot of Rosie. Whole lot of Rosie. The Jack. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. But look, my favourite song of all time is Touch Too Much. I love that song and I can't understand why That's they never much, played dude. it. To, love that They song. never played it live though, man. Why not? It's the best yeah, song I, I, like, I like Shut Down in Flames. I think Shut Down in Flames is the greatest song ever. Well, it touched too much. Song. Apparently, <laughs> the reason why they didn't play it live, because I threw that back at Murray, because Murray knows them pretty well, the, you know, the family, the ACDC family, and, and he reckons it was because of Mutt Lang's vocal production. You, you can't get that live. Because you've got to remember, Highway right. to Hell was very skillfully produced, and that probably pisses a lot of people off, but it's a great yeah. album. You can't knock that. Album. It's one of the best albums of all time, really. It's and then that ACDC, good. and then and then Back in Black coming produced so well. I mean, just yeah, like you know, it's it's it, it's it's where the payoff happens, isn't it? Really, to be fair, everything's set up, and you know, right. they've got some momentum in the US, and then there's the payoff. And I, I don't like to say too much, but I, I suppose in a way, Bond's death probably helped a little bit with with the with the focus of you know. Um, I don't know if it's in his memory or whatever, but there was a focus from that, wasn't there? So that probably helped as well. And they, they obviously had the chops by then and the songs as well. So right. it was there, wasn't it? It was there waiting for them in a way. And yeah, I mean, Brian's done a great job uh, taking over. Great, great idea. But there's only one bond. But then spot. Brian got dissed too. Brian got dissed. They brought an Axel Rose. Oh, come on. Oh, well, that's debatable, Axel isn't it? It's, yeah, I know they're doing that now. It's kind of weird. I mean, Axel Rose, I mean, can I throw that one back at you? What do you think about Axel Rose um, period uh, Guns N' Roses? Oh, come on. Axel Rose, I mean, Guns N' Roses, GNR, early GNR, yes. Mm. You know, Chinese democracy, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is, it's, 
Simple and as. They get back together for a reason. They get back together for a reason because it's all about money. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Guns N' Roses. Me, me neither. Really. Early GNR. Yeah. And and there's another guy that wears a that wears a bandana on his head. Knock that bandana off. He said he loses his power. What the hell's wrong with the guy? Why do they always wear the bandana? Well, that's it. And Mike flash his top hat off too. I'm, well, I, I don't know because I've got to be careful. <laughs> so I'm I'm, I'm going to just use the phrase. From my understanding, I always use that because then I'm covered. You know what I mean? But from my understanding, I think sure, yeah, yeah. Axel Rose is a bit of a narcissist, <laughs> and I think he's had plastic surgery and all oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, Axel, that's not oh, rock and roll, man. Why get a plastic surgery if you're going to be such a fat, drunk old bastard? Well, there's also right? that. Why bother with the plastic surgery? Yeah, I know he's he's changed, <laughs> Why man. Why bother? He? Yeah. He's, he, I, 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 know, I saw a, the. I saw the. I saw the ACDC video with him sitting there in a freaking wheelchair. Oh, no. Singing. Did you see that? No, really? Is that was... broke his leg or something. Yeah, oh, they're, they're, no, the debut concert of Axel. Yeah, come on. And there's certain things. I mean, it, well, it, you know, we all, we all age, but there are rules in rock and roll, and that is not rock and roll, is it? It's just not. You know? He's <laughs> absolutely right. You can, you're throwing everything away with that, you know, really. It's like, ooh. <laughs> I didn't really like Guns N' Roses in the first place. I love this guy. You know I mean, what I'm saying? There's not I mean, too many bands that are actually away. playing pure rock and roll or rock and roll anymore. I mean, that's why we love metal so much. You came out and they don't give a shit. Nobody likes yeah. the fat old drunk Elvis. Well, that's you know? it. I mean, yeah, but, when they, but these bands today come out and just punch you in the face. Right. Like Ginger, Arch Enemy, uh, Mono Marth. Yeah. We're talking bands that don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah good. Right. Yeah, I like, like it or leave it, man. But also, I mean, I think you know? from my understanding, yeah. I've only kind of explored it very sort of lightly, but you've got growler rock now, haven't you? You've got this death metal, and it's, it, I think it's a great sound. It's a new sound. I like all that side of it as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, yeah, like the more, yeah, you can, but you get, like we, we do on the show, there's, within the genre of death metal, there's like 50 other genres in there. Exactly. Right? You know what I'm saying? Eco, eco death metal, progressive death metal. Melodic death metal. Well, I always you say know, that symphonic death metal. There's also this subgenre where you've got the growler chick lead vocalist, which I think is amazing. You know, you've yeah, got, yeah. you know what I mean. They, Ginger, they look yeah. so good. They look so good. They're really sexy and really eye-catching. I'm not going to go any further, but that is part of it. There's no doubt about it. But they've got this really what I call monster voice that doesn't go with their look at all. That is frighteningly good, isn't it? Yeah, it's Ginger right there in a nutshell. From the Ukraine, yeah. yeah. Big five feet tall. She had a powerful voice. Gosh, and she knocked me on my ass. And it yeah. just doesn't fit with how she looks. <laughs> it's like some sort of deformed right. monster male, isn't it, really? But it's not her it at all. <laughs> That's a, part of the beauty of it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, Definitely. it is right, man. What, what, what happened to... To me, to me, it's like she's Nina Hagen's kid. You know what I mean? It's like Nina Hagen had it, a kid. It's Ginger. In some way, the female singers nowadays... <laughs> Have more balls than the male singers. I'm yeah, say something. I Nina Hagen had plenty of balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, listen to me. I, I know about Ginger because like... I, I, I used to tutor this guy who was well into um, that sort of genre, and I must admit it was great. I love that feeling. Do you know what I mean? When you're seeing something for the first time and it just blows you out the door, you know, it's like, my God, I didn't really understand it either, which I really liked. <laughs> and then I thought, my God, the this other thing is good. Trips... Yeah, this is good. The other, the other thing that trips me out about these bands is the drumming. Yeah, the drumming in some of these bands is just remorseless is beyond mm. anything. I mean, it's beyond anything that Bill Buford ever did or anybody ever did. Well, the thing is, you, you know, I, I spoke to um, Marky Ramone of the Ramones, and and he said that the the thing about that is you have to have a lot of stamina. You know, you really do because you, you know if you're playing a concert at, at that speed with that. Um, with that weight as well, they get so much weight on the drums, don't they? That, you know, it does take it out of you right. if you're playing, say, two hours. But I can't imagine these guys would. I mean, that that would pretty much give them a heart attack, just, you know, even if they're young guys. They're either going to be mean? in really good shape. They either well, going to be in really good shape or on a bunch of methamphetamine. Yeah. yeah well, and if you want to see what true. we're talking about, go on uh, Sick Drummer on YouTube. The Sick Drummer, and you can see all these death metal bands, all these group musicians. It's all about drummers. You can see how impressive they are these guys yeah there's i tell you you watch that regardless it's not, of the music you like it or not it's not for the faint-hearted man it is, is it no not for the week oh we love it <laughs> there's no tears in metal no there's no, <laughs> no, not even black tears in metal <laughs> i mean you know you're talking about someone like marky ramon being blown away by just the competence and the the stamina of drummers like that that's saying quite a lot isn't it 
nobody's expecting anybody in the Ramones to be a gymnastic player. Well, no, again, right? it ruins, <laughs> that's, not, it ruins, no, that's not the point. It, it ruins the illusion. <laughs> you know, you're happy about Joey being OCD as long as he's okay and can can you know sing. And obviously, you know, you're only talking, as far as I'm concerned, about one surviving member now. Um, right. You know, in terms of Markia, though, that's debatable. People say, well, he's not an original. He's not the. He's not Tommy Ramone. He's not the original drummer. But there again, they're going to say, yeah, but Clem Burke. He can't say Clem Burke played for the Ramones. I know he was Elvis Ramone, but come on, Clem Burke's not Ramones. He's Blondie. Come on, let's get real. Right. Right. So listen, we're really happy to have met you, bro. Likewise. Absolutely. We want to we want to thank you for being on the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk podcast. It's an honor. Mr. Neil Saint. Tell us how we get a hold of you, Neil Saint, so people can hear your radio show. Yeah. Well, I think the best thing to do is go on Mixcloud. Just Google search Mixcloud and uh, Retropopic. Put that one word in. So it's Retropopic. So it's Retropop with an ick at the end, all one word. And you can see my catalog there. But also, I'm on Facebook. I'm pretty easily found on facebook so you you're looking at either that's neil how we saint, found you that's how we found you yeah neil which is n-e-i-l saint. saint and also the other thing is retro public radio community i mean that's really where it's at in terms of all my podcasts very wide range of podcasts without trying to sell it now but uh, yeah it is pop but it's all 20th century what i call really good proper proper good music and Every single edition is a guaranteed artist interview, and I've got some real whammy interviews in there, I tell you. Marky Ramone, you know, John Marr of Buzzcocks, you know, it goes on, the list goes on, seriously. It's really good, high-quality stuff, and, and it's not so much me, it's actually the people I interview. They're absolutely awesome. They really are. Well, we're really into it, and we're really, thank- we're really glad we met you. We're really ha- thankful for you for being on the show today. No worries. Take care. Live long right, and prosper. So we're going to post all his social media bits and tidbits. Yeah, right, Neil Bobby? Saint. Yep. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It. We do that. Yeah. We'll take a look to his podcast, radio show, and then dig it, learn it, love it. We'll <laughs> Get on it. Learn it, love it, or leave it. Exactly. That's that's all we can do. We just put our so stuff So we're going to let there. you we have one more cup of coffee, and we'll say uh, goodbye for now. Yeah, we'll keep <laughs> We'll get touch, back man. to you later, we'll, though. Yeah, let, let's we're definitely get back on for sure. Maybe I'll get you yeah, on my show. Absolutely. Is that good? That, well, hey, look, this is what we're doing, right? Yeah, you can come what on and doing. talk about um, one of these um, death metal albums, maybe. Yeah, Maybe something like that, whatever. Okay. Take care. Have a good one. Whatever it is. Cool. We're going to talk music all day. Absolutely, right. we could, couldn't we? We did well there. It's good. All good. Take care, mate. Good. Look, Neil Saint. Look after yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye.